All right, well, we're just going to jump right into it. Jump What's it. up, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of Final Boss Squad. This is a show where we talk about all the games that we played this week. You can find it on the Final Checkpoint podcast stream or feed. feed. I always say that. I always say stream. It's on the same stream, whatever. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's on the stream, too. It's on the stream. It's on the feed. Mm-hmm. Just get mm-hmm. into it, man. Cool. Well, uh, my name is Joel. And I'm Ben. And we are joined by Mr. Twitch.tv slash Toothpete, a.k.a. Wasted Talent, a.k.a. Josh Beard. How's it going? It's going great, man. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the uh, the feed stream, feed, the stream feed, the feeding the of feed. all the streams, all of the stream feeds, all of the nom, you know what? That's what I'm going to say from now on. Thank you for having me on all of the things this week. Yeah. We're just feeding you to the stream. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. yeah. There we go. There Perfect. We go. Like an Better elder than the beast. Yeah. <laughs> Better than feeding the stream to me because I'm trying to lose weight. And so I don't need anything extra. Thank you very much. I just had nine tacos yesterday. I know. The nine tacos. <laughs> See the, the previous show with the nine taco story. Yeah. <laughs> And the night before that, I had almost eaten an entire large pizza by myself after the oh, kids' championship game. You just make game. it worse. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing now? What are you doing with your? If I ate a whole pizza, I'd be down for a week. Just nothing but gut problems for Dude, an entire. I, yeah, that's not good. I don't know. I don't. I'm a mess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm a mess. I don't know, guys. At least you're. At least you admit it. At least you yeah. know. You're aware. I don't know. So you know, I I I eat better during the week while I'm working. Because I'm on a schedule. Once I'm off of work and there's nothing controlling my schedule, my routine, I'm a mess. It's just a disaster. All right. (laughs) I can't take care of myself. There's no time constraints. Pregnant pause. Okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right. So in case you missed the previous show, we talked a lot about Game Pass, PlayStation's uh, shortages going into next year. And why they suck why they suck (laughs) also why they could not suck with their 25 new exclusive titles coming uh but that's the news portion that is final checkpoint this is final boss squad talking about the games we played this week i'm gonna kick it off because i played way too many games (laughs) um this last week Uh, i think the best way to start would be with resident evil village takes a village where i i finished it uh earlier in the week and Oh, man. Feel free to ask questions, too. But uh, one thing I, I think about often with games and with movies and media in general is, w- like, going in without watching the trailer and not knowing what to expect and being surprised by everything. With Resident Evil 8, I'm wondering if I hadn't... if I had watched the trailers, if I actually had been paying closer attention, if I would have liked it more. Hmm. Um because I feel like not knowing what it was going to be and kind of, oh, it's in a village. What is it? There's a castle. What's going on here? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to watch the trailers. I don't want to see any of that. I built it up more than what it was. Oh. Whereas if I had watched the trailers, I would have kind of known, oh, okay, it's going to be this. I'm expecting too much. Dial it back. Um, uh, so it took about 13 hours to, to finish. I explored a lot, did a, a bunch of the game. Um, you go back to the village at various points and you get, uh, oh, now I got the key for this or the winch to open the door. Uh, Resident Evil nonsense. And I really like that. I think it kind of 
showed a potential future for Resident Evil where it could be something quasi-open world where you go out into some place and, and keep exploring this way and then come back and keep exploring that way in an open environment as opposed to a mansion or, or, uh, or a creepy castle with tall people. Tall um, people? One giant tall lady. people. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked the game a lot, but it was very underwhelming to me overall. Wow. Um, okay. I, I would say the first half of it I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, the first half is obviously the opening that's very linear and story heavy and you're running away from things. That was cool. The castle is in the beginning. That whole, like the whole game, first of all, the whole game should be in the castle. There's literally no reason for anything else. Just make 10 hours in the castle where I'm exploring a giant sprawling castle. I don't know who makes these castles, but they're small. When I think of castles, I think of giant ass castles. This castle is like three floors at best and maybe 20 rooms. That seems like a small castle. I don't know. Maybe I'm castle shaming you. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like a small castle. The whole game should be in the castle. But the castle's great. The boss fight there I really enjoyed. I liked the whole progression of that. Then we move on to the next area. And I, I did my best uh, to overly not do spoilers last week. I'm going to spoil one very tiny thing You bastard. Here. Okay. Where... And if you've watched any of the previous stuff, you probably already know. But I didn't because, again, I didn't watch it. There's a I, creepy doll. I will, tell you, I will tell you this. Okay. You could literally spoil the entire game for me, and it won't matter because I won't play it because I'm a scared little boy who will literally poop his pants okay. <laughs> if he tries to play this game. So it's not a spoiler for me. You're safe. Okay. Uh, there's a creepy doll in this game. So the first section is the tall lady. The second section is the creepy doll. And that's basically what I'm telling you. So Creepy Doll brings in a lot of horror tropes and expectations with it, right? It doesn't deliver on any of that for me. I One of my biggest, I don't want to say fears, but like things in a horror game that I find scary or creepy is when I remember Condemned, where you turn around and all the mannequins are there. And they've like, like moved to get to you. And it's like, fuck, these mannequins... I remember stuff like that. And I looked at this creepy doll and it's moving around all creepy and weird. And I expected so much out of this creepy doll house. And I got very little, very little out of it. Um, the whole puzzle of that place was a good idea. Executed well, did not deliver on creepy doll. And I'm very hung up on it, clearly. Hmm. But it, it was such a missed opportunity to have... Uh, like where you're being hunted by a very tiny doll that maybe like stops moving when you turn around and you're like, is it there? Like is child's play? There? Like child's play kind of thing. Hmm. Um, it's a tiny doll. Yeah, it's, it's like a oh. this, this tall maybe. Oh, um, gross. It, and there's, doll, there's dolls in there. They don't really move. They don't look at you. It's not mixed in between them, really. It's... I was just very let down with that because I thought they could have had something very unique to Resident Evil, very new and fresh and very scary. And instead, they pivoted and did something else, which you'll hear a lot of people on the internet talk about as like, this is the horror scariest moment in the game. It didn't really do much for me at all. And that, that, I, the, the, the monster that is there is creepy. Definitely a scary monster. But it kind of reveals a lot of the problems I have with this game in that it's first person. Mm. Uh, to me, it being in first yeah. person 
makes the scares distinctly different. And unlike Resident Evil 7, which wasn't also in VR, but it felt very intentionally designed for first person. Um, there are straight up cutscenes in this game that go third person. Like, really? You, yeah, it like changes cameras angles. And it's later in the game, but spoilers. Uh, it, it changes camera angles and stuff. It breaks that. And, and because of that, it feels like they started doing other things too. Uh, my big example is you run away from Lady D in the castle. You run away from all these various monsters. Uh, not the doll. You run away from all these things. And in order to run away, what do you do when you run away? Okay, so something's coming towards you, right? Oh, oh I'm a scary yeah. monster coming towards you. What do you do? You yep. turn you around. You turn because of the stiff running. And now you can't see the scary monster. Yeah. Now it's behind you. Now it's not scary. I can't see it. All I can do is hear. That's okay. That's that spooky, but I can't see it. It's out of sight, out of mind. I'm just running away now. And it becomes more annoying than scary because is it, how close is it? Let me turn around. Oh, it's too close. Okay, turn back around. And it's like the fucking Muppet show where they're like running like this. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Like, it, it's really stupid. That's true, uh, so yeah. I, yeah. I don't like seven. that. I, and I that comes like from the first-person like perspective where if this yeah. was in third-person, like RE2 Remake or even the old-school ones with the tank controls, you'd be able to see it. You, you'd see it destroying the environment around you, trying to get you, and you're trying to escape. And, and it, it adds so much tension to it. This is completely removed. Also with the first-person, it does a lot of things. or It can't do a lot of things to you because mm. you wouldn't be able to see it. I think back to Resident Evil 4 and that very beginning in the village and the chainsaw guy comes out and I remember playing that and one of the first times I, I played that demo and your head gets chopped off by the chainsaw and it is one of those moments, this is a 15, 16 year old game. You see that for the first time and it is jaw dropping, especially back then. It was like, I can't believe this even happened. Yeah. This is insane. And that game became known for these kind of gory, very horror uh, you know, it's, it's in the wheelhouse. Uh, death scenes where you get a, a boss, you're going to dodge, and you miss the dodge, he chops you in half. And Leon's like, <laughs> like in half. <laughs> or like this thing grabs onto you and spits acid on your face. And if Leon dies, then his like ch- cheek is dripping off his face. Like it adds to the horror of it. It's, that's really cool. I think that's something I want from a horror game is that kind of gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't get that. You can't get that because when you die in this game, it's like, I guess I'm looking at my chest and oh no, like it just doesn't work. It's Mm -hmm. not as scary for me. And I think this whole game exposed the first person in this setup as being lesser than in almost every single way from any other type of Resident Evil style game. And I think it's also hurt by not having a dodge button. Um, I think back specifically to Resident Evil 4, but... There was a dodge button in RE3 and uh, Revelations 2. Big RE fan here, if you didn't know. Um, there's a dodge button there, and it adds so much to the tension where it's not, I got to run away, and if I'm in the wrong spot, I'm just going to get hit. It adds that extra element of like, oh, got it. You know, like, yeah. it, it gives you a little bit more to do, and it makes, and it also gives you that cool moment of, I screwed up. Now there's a cool cutscene that can happen. I get killed. It's awesome looking. Whatever. I try again. I can dodge it and feel like a cool action star and it's still horrific because of all this other shit and I can't move and shoot and whatever. It works so much better in, in third person Resident Evil. It, the first person thing is fine. I liked the game fine. I really like some of the story stuff they do and big lore 
Do you like it more Resident than uh, Do you like it more than seven? I think it has higher highs than seven. I think it's less replayable than seven. Okay. Um, there's a long intro in Resident Evil Eight. It's probably like an hour, and Jeez. it just takes Ugh. forever to get through. Um, and the first time is cool, obviously, but the next time, like, okay, I gotta go here and do this again. Oh, let yeah. me skip this cutscene. Let me skip this cutscene. Um, it's it's good. I I, I want to play through it again. So that's the thing. I need to play through it again and see how I really feel about it as a big Resident Evil fan. Um, but I I kind of stopped. New Game Plus lets you go to the harder difficulty, so I did that, like carry all over my stuff and make it a little harder. But it it really was like just didn't it just didn't live up to me mm-hmm. what I wanted. I didn't find it. There's some good scares, especially in the beginning. The last half isn't as scary by any means. Um, it just it just I felt left da- let down by it by so many elements, specifically with that doll thing. But there's also a puzzle in that section. That was like, I see what you're going for. You really under-delivered there, though. You had a chance to do something really cool. And I think Resident Evil as a franchise, this is my last point, my, as a franchise, likes to pick a spot where it's like the mansion. But Resident Evil 1 isn't just in a mansion. Or Resident Evil 2 isn't just in a police station. It's the police yeah. station and <clears throat> then the sewers and then the lab. And then, like, it picks all these places. And I want them to pick, like, two and just make the game in those two places because, oh, I go to this cool house and then I'm there for an hour and a half and the house is over and now I'm somewhere else. And like, it doesn't give those areas enough time to breathe and become these large, just sprawling labyrinthian, whatever, that's not pronounced correctly, uh, (laughs) places for you to explore and be like, oh, I need the star key. Okay, let me go back over there. Oh, I need this other key. And then you keep going and trying to solve this mystery of where you're going it doesn't have that. It all feels so linear, and and it's just going in a direction that I don't particularly, except for the plot, which I do find interesting. Everything else mechanically, I just think this is such a misstep overall for the franchise. And Resident Evil Seven, to me, is going to hold up better in the long term because of how different it is from other Resident Evil games and how much it sticks to its idea of being first person. Yeah. It is it is in it. It is that is it. And this game is also it's all for per, first person. Spoilers. But it doesn't play the same way. It feels more like a game they made into first person after the fact. It doesn't feel like a game that was made to be in first person. If that makes any sense. It's like a weird distinction, but it doesn't feel like that was the thesis. Like yeah. 7 the thesis felt like this is a first person Resident Evil game. And in this game it is Let's carry on that story. Oh, let's make it first person. Oh, okay. Like, it, it's an afterthought almost. And that, I don't know. I'm not I'm not upset at, like, buying it or playing it or, or whatever. I really did enjoy my time with it. I think the combat is pretty good overall. But as what I wanted or what I expected, especially with some of the elements they show off within the game, no, it's not. It's <laughs> not. It didn't live up to what I wanted. Um, do you think they'll go the same way with nine? Like if they make a Resident Evil nine, they'll go with the same way of like first person and kind of the same style. Or do you think they'll probably want to change it up by then? I don't know. The ending, obviously I won't spoil the ending. The ending's very interesting for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think it will be third person if I had to guess based on the ending, which is weird to say, 
Um, this feels like an experiment, and it very much feels like the end of the experiment, and I won't go into why. Um, but that that seems to be over, and I hope that that's what that means. Like, okay. the first person is, is over. Unless you want to do sections of the game that are first person. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, oh, this is the spooky first person section. Cool. But the whole <laughs> game, the all the combat being in first person, having... I think back to, like, think about Uncharted, where you had to run away from something that's chasing you. But if you were in first person and just running away from it, that's not a cool section, right? And that's what is we're losing. That's what we're missing. You yeah. make all these cool designs, like Lady D chasing after you with her claw hand because her, her finger, that, that's the lore, her fingernails can grow super quickly, and she just has control over that. They're not claws. They're just like her fingernails that she can extend out yeah. in this weird Freddy Krueger thing. And so turning away from that, you you miss yeah. all of that because you, you have it. to turn your whole camera. I don't see the animation. I don't see her, like, ripping something to shreds behind me. I hear it. I hear her saying stuff. I don't know how close she is to me. It really mm. lessens it. I, I think they've they've lost... So much of that. And it's, it's a big problem in 7, too, actually. The, the difference is 7 is much less of a combat game. There's so much more combat in this. There's so much more running away from things. Um, 7 is, is very atmospheric, and you're stuck in that environment. It's claustrophobic. This does not have any of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about any more about Resident I'll go on about it. Uh, it's, it's good. I, I think I'm more on the low side. A lot of people liked it a lot more. And I'm coming in as, as like the big Resident Evil fan. Um, yeah, and I will play I've it again. Heard, uh, I've heard people not think it's like as scary, but still really like it. Just they don't think yeah. it's like as. I think there's as scary. I think there's parts of it that are scarier, especially like the part I didn't really think was that scary. Everyone else seems to think it was like the most horrific thing ever. So there are elements of it that are very scary, um, and I think I had more non-cutscene scares in this game like just general gameplay like oh shit moments as opposed to seven which was kind of in a cutscene or in a boss fight like set piece scares i guess i'll call it okay um but then the last half's not scary real quick i want to update pokemon snap i beat pokemon snap new pokemon snap took about 17 hours for me running around pokemon world really enjoyed it um I think revisit my thoughts on it like two weeks ago just to update a few tiny things. There's these like requests you can do and it'll be, oh, I saw something in the bushes. You could take a picture of it for me, could you? And if you do, you submit the picture and you get something. You fulfill the request. It doesn't really give you anything. It's just kind of stuff to do. Yeah. This system's really terrible because you'll you'll find, oh, the shark jumped out of the water. I took a picture of it and I submitted it. Cool. And then I'll look at my requests and they'll be like, I wonder if I could get a shark to jump out of the water. And I'm like, but I did that, but it hadn't given me the request yet. So it didn't count for anything. So I'd have to do it yeah, again. That makes sense. And I'm like, yeah. but that if I did this the first time, just acknowledge it that I did it. That's not how uh, games I, work. I know. I fucking hate it. It's <laughs> Nintendo. Um, so that's annoying. The only other other thing, the, there's bosses in this game where you have to like throw balls at them or like the fruit or the pester ball kind of things, uh, alumina orbs at them. And I failed every single one except for the first one. I, I failed the boss fights in... Uh, I get Platinum Bloodborne, can't, can't beat a boss in Pokemon Snap um, because they're just very stupid. And they'll, they'll, the characters will make some comment like, you got to throw it, throw the fluff fruit at it. And I'm like, 
okay. And so I keep trying to, and I take pictures of it, and it's like, you didn't, you didn't throw enough Illumina orbs at it. I'm like, what the fuck? Just let me take pictures. Why are you doing this? All the boss fights are terrible. They're really obnoxious. They're cool in the like, idea, but it's like a five-minute fight where you're on rails throwing fruits at things. And then if you, if you don't understand or are a moron like me and you don't hit it with the stuff enough, it just says you failed it. It's like you didn't take a picture of it when it was all glowy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Everything else about the game I love. I really enjoy that. If you like Pokemon Snap originally, yay, Pokemon Snap. That's all about Pokemon Snap. Other final update on Astro's Playroom. Beat it, got the platinum, really loved it overall. Motion controls, garbage. Throw them out. We don't need them. Get rid of them. There's no, there's no time for that. Also, though, speaking of time, there's time trials in Astro's Playroom. Yeah. At, at the end, and it's kind of like this afterthought. It's not part of the platinum. It's just like a little room on the side. 100% do the time trials. Do not sleep on them. They are new levels. I thought they were just going to be the previous levels Time but it's like a section whatever. of it that you yeah. got to do quickly. No. There's like 10 new levels there. Oh, wow. That are like a, a minute long each. So it's, not, it's not a ton of content. Some of the best content in the game, I would say. Like pure platforming, very Mario or Crash Bandicoot, if it controlled more like Mario, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really loved that. Very good game. Definitely play it. I mean, it's on your PS5. You should play it anyway. But uh, come, come really, here. really enjoyed it overall. That's enough for me. I had to play so many games. So many games. You're the the game machine over there. Game machine. Got that PS5 finally. I got to play something. Josh, what have you Just been playing? It, rubbing it in our faces. Uh so the the this last week is just two games for me. I've been trying to bounce around back and forth between a few different games. I mean, obviously Outriders came out and I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life playing that. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> my character didn't get deleted, but I'm so afraid that it is going to get deleted. Or sorry, not my character. The gear on my character didn't yeah. get deleted. But I'm so afraid that it's going to get deleted, so I haven't even touched the game. Uh, but uh, So for me, it was two games. It was Destiny with the Season of the Splicer coming out uh, this last week, and it was Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I just oh. Mass Effect is my favorite franchise of all time even with all of the warts mass effect one i look everybody who talks about mass effect is like mass effect 2 is the greatest game of all time oh, here we go mass, mass effect, effect one, 1 is better it Thank is you. objectively better it has Thank the better you. i love mass effect 2 there are so many good things about it but mass effect 1 is just the superior experience for me i think the story overall is story, better better uh the the care you don't maybe the characters and the relationships that you build with them aren't as good as in mass effect 2 um although mm-hmm. I, I i'd argue that a few of them are better than a mass effect 2 but mass effect 1 has always been my favorite video game i've played it and beat it so many i've only beat mass effect 2 and 3 maybe like four or five times mass effect 1 I'm well into the double digits now. Like, I think this oh, is, wow. this is, I just, I beat Mass Effect 1 again. I, I, it's, I have this, I can literally just off a rote memory and, and, and just like muscle memory, I can play this game without even thinking about it. And I did, I didn't go full completion this time. I didn't finish surveying planets. Um, I didn't find all the Asari artifacts and things like that. But I did, I did all the side quests, I did all the main quest line. Um, don't worry, Rex lived. That's easy mode now. 
Um, I did screw <laughs> up, and Captain Kirahi is dead. I freaking screwed up because it's been so long since I played through Mass Effect 1, so I didn't save Captain Kirahi. That's my fault. Uh, but I, I beat Mass Effect 1 again, and, and look, the changes that they have made, the, Mass Effect 1 needed the most love. The changes that they made on Mass Effect 1 make it a... It's a 15-year-old game, and mm -hmm. they made it a, a, a yeah. must-play experience. If you haven't ever played the Mass Effect series, or if you're one of the people, I can't believe there are people like this. If you're one of the people who just skips Mass Effect 1 and goes directly into Mass Effect 2, you have to play this game. It's it's my favorite game ever. The story is so incredible from beginning to end. As soon as they as soon as you jump into Eden Prime and you and you meet Saren as a villain, everything just gets so much better from there. Every mission is great. Every side mission. They don't, it's, it's one of the very few games that doesn't waste your time from beginning to end. You're always, you always feel like you're doing something substantial. Um, and the changes that they made to it, combat's still a little wonky, but all the old RPG elements are there. That's why this one's the best experience because you really legitimately get to build your character how you want to build your character. And that's what's so cool about it where in Mass Effect 2, it's a much smaller uh, ability tree and it's, a, it's far fewer points. Same yeah. thing with Mass Effect 3. But in Mass Effect, you just get, they, you get points out the wazoo and you can put it in. You, it's, it's so replayable. It's, it almost begs you to replay it because of the different things you could do like bonus perks. But I'll dive into a couple of the changes here. So they have legendary mode now. You can play it in classic mode, which is the classic one uh, levels one to sixty playthrough. But they have they've they've added an, uh, an option called legendary mode that's only one to thirty. It's only up to thirty levels, and each time you level up, you get four perk points, which normally you'd only get two, and then it drops down to one at a certain at a certain point in time. Now you get you get four po uh, perk points pretty much the entire time. Like every time you level up, you get four. Um, and so I was like, just putting, I went with a, I went with an adept again this time. I wanted all my full biotic powers because biotic powers in Mass Effect 1 are just so overpowered. It's not even funny. If you're playing Mass Effect 1 past, like, I guess in legendary mode, past level 15 on normal still, you're playing the game wrong. It's too easy. Increase the difficulty. But I was just like, I was, I was, I, I was lifting things. I was using singularity. I was throwing geth against walls. It was great. Um, but so the legendary mode is fun. It, it, it makes you feel like you're accomplishing more in a short period of time, because I think what, what they wanted to give people with legendary mode is they wanted people to play that one playthrough and feel like they'd done enough to go straight into mass effect two and start to experience the trilogy the way they want to. So I love that. The biggest change they they changed the UI. The UI looks different. The graphical updates are great. I mean, my son looked at it and he was like, Oh, this is new. And I was like, there's only so much they could do. It's with like a game. Yeah, game. it's like Come an on. in between. It's like <laughs> yeah. it, it's not fully like next gen, but it looks way better than it did. Yeah, and for people that play on PC, like that are used to like the new games that are used to seeing that, it's they're gonna look at it and be like, eh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not fully there. But, yeah. <laughs> but but it's like look, the, the game originally came out on 360 and they made yeah. they made they made some of the, the way they changed the lighting the shading uh the way they changed some of the models especially whenever you go to novaria and you're at the novaria station um whenever you make and when you, you do the ilos mission there's a lot that they change with the aesthetic of the ilos mission especially when you're driving uh the mako down the corridors uh of the of the the uh whatever the artifacts the vaults that they have um but the the biggest and most substantial change to this and i think what people will enjoy the most is you don't have to specialize in a weapon to use any of the weapons 
And that by far made this a much more enjoyable experience. One of the things I'd do before, anytime I do a playthrough, is I would do a quick, mindless, like 10 hour playthrough of the main storyline on a soldier so I could unlock, a, unlock assault rifles. And then I would switch to like an adept or to a vanguard so I could use assault rifles as my bonus perk because I loved using assault rifles in that game. Well, now, if you're an adept, if you're a vanguard, if you're an infiltrator, if you're an engineer, it doesn't matter. You can use any one of the weapons that you want at any time. You're just slightly less efficient. But what they did before, like if you didn't specialize in sniper rifles, you just you couldn't ADS you couldn't with a sniper it. rifle. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't use it. it was com if, if you didn't specialize in assault rifles, if you weren't a soldier and you didn't have the assault rifle perk, well, it was just this huge, massive, comically large circle crosshair. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all gone. You can ADS. You, you can be an adept with a sniper rifle and, and aim down the scope on the sniper rifle without specializing in snipers at all. It, with the assault rifle, you can ADS and zoom in and actually efficiently kill things with a daggum assault rifle. And so you can build up this arsenal with, I, could, I was full biotic powers where normally I'd just, I was using a pistol before. Well, no, I, I bought all my Spectre weapons, all my level 10 Spectre weapons, the assault rifle, the sniper rifle. And it was so cool going to Vermeer and going to Ilos and doing all those missions and really being able to bust out a full arsenal of what I wanted to use at a time. And they just, that's something that the first game was missing. And that that alone, I think, makes this a, a, a must-play experience. And so I've been, I've had so much fun jumping back into the world, jumping back into those storylines. I think some of the ways it was it was so people forget that Mass Effect just did this at a level that nobody had ever tried before. Yeah, just yeah. The, the being able to build, craft your own story the way you want to with every little detail playing out and the, the entire game being affected by every moment. But then to be able to take each and every one of those minute decisions into the, uh, the next game and the next game just created this experience that, that I think a lot of people, especially now in this younger generation, my daughter's going to start playing it. I'm super excited for her to start playing it tomorrow because they have like a, 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 a work for a school, do school from home day tomorrow. And so she's going to start mass effect for the first time ever. I'm like, I, it's it's this is like whenever she starts a book series that I'm reading, I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into. And it's, I'm going to sit there and watch the entire thing with her because this is I mean, the, it, Mass Effect one, I can I can I can do a full completion with all side quests. Uh, I did it in 24, 23, 24 hours. It's like a it's like an eight. It's about an 18 to 30 hour experience. If you don't do all the side quests and you've, you're doing it for your first time, the game's about 15 to 18 hours. If you do all the side quests, it's about a 30 hour game. Um, I, and, and the, obviously the games get longer after that, but it, it felt so good to get back into it. It's been about three years since I played it again. Um, and so, and I, I was feeling the itch, but then when they announced legendary edition, I was like, okay, I gotta wait, I gotta wait. Yeah. So I've literally wow. been waiting for this moment for like a, for over a year now. I'm just, finally it came and I got my, the second dose of my vaccine on Thursday and I was like Friday. I'm putting my X. I'm putting my Series X in my bedroom. I'm gonna lay in bed, and I'm just literally just gonna vegetate in my bed. Sure enough, those side effects came in, and it's all right. I'm master. Or I'm not master chief. I'm, I'm Commander Shepard now. It doesn't matter. I don't. Who cares about <laughs> side effects? It's time to kill uh, kill Geth. So it was it, man. It was so good. I I'm gonna start uh, Mass Effect two as soon as I can and jump into that storyline even more. But Matt, they made Mass Effect 1 just an even more incredible game than it already was. And I'm so glad, Ben, that you are somebody who likes Mass Effect 1 the best. There are so few of us, but oh it's the God. best experience of the series. I, I always make this argument. The, the story in Mass Effect 1 is so much better than the story in the other two games. And we're talking main plot. 
People always like to be like, what about the character missions? Yeah. That's not plot. That's character sub-stories, and they're great. I mm-hmm. love them. But the main plot of Mass Effect 1 is such a Mission Impossible in space murder yeah. mystery half of it. Like, it's such a cool adventure good. to go yeah. on. And I think they miss that in Mass Effect 2 and 3 where it is yeah. like, gather your friends and go to a mission. Like, that's not a main plot. Like, yeah. I like my friends, but that's not a main plot. I do the, want to ask you, though. Yeah. Ashley or Kaiden? Oh, Ashley. Always. No, Always get rid Ashley. of the space. Always Ashley. I, no, the space I'm racist. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but I like racist. being able to change her mind. That's I I don't I don't want to just get rid of her. I like being able to talk to her and tell nah, her she's to get dead. her to change her mind. Like I I've just never like the uh, the very first time I played she died and 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 Caden was like my guy, right? Cuz I I the my first playthrough ever, I just used them almost the entire time and then i started i I took ashley out and added garris i was like why have i not been using garris and caden (laughs) and so i was like trying to make these decisions and and i was like i I don't know what to do and finally like i chose i chose ashley stupidly the first time and i've just done that every single time ever since i've never saved caden i can't do do it do you get to change her mind huh yeah, you kind of like at, throughout the game. If like if you if you talk to her the right way and dive into it a little bit more, which ends up being either close to or you go into the a romance with Ashley, it kind of changes the way she thinks about stuff. And so some of the dialogue options change. Where it's like when you get to the part, if you if you talk to her and and kind of changed her mind when you get to the end, whatever you co- go to the, the choice about the council, right? And you're like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna focus all of our attacks on on Sovereign, or are we gonna are we gonna save the council? She's like, are you literally just going to let them die like that? And so if you don't do that, she's like, she's not as mad about you letting the council die, right? Because she is a space racist. But if you if you go that romance option, talk to her more and try to ease her into that, she starts to change her mind. And then she'll be like, she'll get mad at you for letting the council die. Be like, how can you, I hope you're doing the right thing. How can you do this? And so it's, it, I, I usually, I usually always talk to Ashley and try to like, try to like get her to change her mind. That's the beauty of the first game though. Like you're, you're 100% spot on. It is from beginning to end. It is the best storytelling and the twists that they throw yes. throughout the story. It's just wild. It's like, it's like, oh, we think the story is, the, oh no, it's not that. Oh my God. It's not even that. What are you doing to me? Like every time you start yeah. to get into like some sense <clears throat> of ease with the story of Mass Effect, they're throwing some insane twist at you. And it's like. It's like, re- like honestly, it's like playing. You know, the dialogue can be a little cheesy sometimes, right? And I mean, every video game can be, but the at least just the the trajectory of where the story goes, it's like it's like reading a Robert Jordan book. It's like reading a Brandon Sanderson book. Like they take you on a on a journey through the story that a lot of video games just don't give you. They didn't give them to you back then. They don't really give them to you uh, now. And the Mass Effect One story is just it's twist after twist after twist. And like I'm I've never gone Renegade though. I've always been a Paragon, mm. and every single yeah, time I get, I'm like, I go pair, I full pair. Even this time, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm gonna be a Renegade, and then I get to one of those options, and I'm just like, but guys, why can't we all just get along? We're all gonna be nice, <laughs> Saren. You don't have to be like this. Like, help us fight Sovereign, and it's just every time, and I can't help it. Uh, but man, I I had so much fun with it. I'm so excited to dive into the other two. Uh, but I like look, I I want to get into Mass Effect two. I'm already itching to play Mass Effect one again though because this was it was so enjoyable playing an updated version of of my favorite game. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned I in the other show it. that I played like two hours, so I'm just on the Citadel. 
yeah. again but it is one of those like the music kicks in and you just yeah i haven't played it in probably what since the third one came out i think i did a full playthrough of all of them roughly around that time so, so 10, it's 10 10 years 10 years or so like almost that? 10 yeah. years yeah and it's just how i'm not same with me like i played the mass effect one maybe five times uh, and then the second one I played through twice, and the third one I played through once. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just, I like these games, but the first one just really hit at the right time for me. Yep. And it it nailed everything what I wanted from a story from an RPG. I think all the other elements, the shooting's not great. It's kind of a mess in other, in other mm. respects. But that world it crafted is so well executed. And yep. I love that plot of you just hunting down this vigilante that... And you're meeting all these people, and it feels so natural. Oftentimes in a uh, in an RPG, someone will join you, and you're like, "But you're a cop, Where did you come from? yeah. <laughs> like, why are you with me? This yeah. doesn't make any sense." And these people coming with you are like, "No, I'm coming with you because I want to see this done, and this is important for the universe." It's one of those rare plots where, um, my other big pet peeve with RPGs, a lot of JRPGs, is we got to save the world from a demon god from space. That's like, it's way too big. Yeah. And this is one of yeah. the, and that's what Mass Effect turns into. But Mass Effect 1 is really got stop Saren. And yeah. that's what the bulk of it is. And it, it's just such a nice grounded sci-fi to see sci-fi that's so rich and intricate mm-hmm. that isn't about the end of the universe right. yet. Well, yeah, but but it, even even when they do tease that in Mass Effect 1, the way the way they end it, I'm sorry, spoil, sorry for the spoilers for anybody who has, but look, it's it's been 15 14 15 years if you haven't played through it it's your own fault it's still worth uh, it <laughs> yeah it's still absolutely still worth it but at the end like yeah it is the destruction of everything like that's eventually what essentially what you're what you're working towards what you're going to fight against mm-hmm. but even then they give you you feel the hope of being able to defeat the reapers when you take out sovereign the way you do it's like as simple as it was the you know the protheans leaving things behind and and you being able to put those pieces together and find a way like you a human and and the the turian that's with you and the krogan that's with you and this entire team of just like organic beings found a way to take out these all one of these all powerful beings and so there's that hope of like yeah i mean it's it is mission impossible the shit is about to hit the fan but guys we can do this we've done it before so they give you that sense of hope that it's not an all-powerful thing it's uh it's it's that whole like you know, if it bleeds it dies like we can we can mm. actually take these things out and it's so good okay i have i'm gonna ask you this question because you asked ashley or kate who's your favorite companion period in mass effect one romance or just just companion to talk to to use to, mm. to oh, have... i love i love tally yeah. Uh, I have Tally. statues yeah. of her and I have a giant poster over there. Of Thank Tally. you so much. <laughs> yeah. Garrus, uh, Garrus, everybody talks about Garrus. Garrus. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody talks about, I love Garrus. Garrus is great. And Garrus Garrus, is cool. everybody's like Garrus, Garrus, Garrus. My favorite combination is Rex and Tally. Tally is one of the most interesting characters throughout yeah. the entire Mass And you get to series. see like her trilogy is her coming of age oh, story and it's done it so well. It is. I, I love wrote, the Koreans. I fucking I, love them. I do too. I romanced her accidentally in Mass Effect 2. And now every time I've played Mass Effect 2, I'm like, I can't do anything else. Like, I don't care about Miranda. I don't care about... It's only... It's me and Tally. Every, yeah. All day, every day in Mass Effect 2. But like, but Rex is one of my favorite characters to work with because Rex he's great. just... He, he's that, like, that gruff old man that's just angry at everything. And 
there's no moment more satisfying than if you have done all of the stuff that you need to do and made all the right decisions, done all the right side quests, put the points in the right places. There is no moment more satisfying than than on Vermeer, that moment with Rex on Vermeer, and if it goes the way you want it to go. And, and it was just spoilers, spoilers, just plug your ears for 30 yeah, people seconds. People can die. Yeah, people can yeah. die in this game. <laughs> if, if you, the, I have never been more satisfied than the first time I saved Rex in, in a Mass Effect playthrough because there, it seemed impossible. It seems like an impossible moment. If you don't have enough points in, in your charm, then you can't convince him. Or the, the big thing is, ha, have you done the side? And I told my daughter, like, do all the side quests. Don't go to this place called Vermeer. If you see something on your on your director and it says Vermeer, do not freaking go there until you've done every side quest you can. I don't want to hold her hand, but but if you get Rex's family armor, then he trusts you enough to like follow with what you want to do. But the first few times I'm like, oh, my God, Rex is my favorite freaking character. And Ashley keeps shooting him in the damn face. And I hate, oh, I hate Ashley. <laughs> He's trying to protect you. I understand it. Kate, look, this is why Caden dies. All right, he is just <laughs> the most bland character in the entire series. I can't, yeah, but... I can't stand. He's so just like, yes, like I just, I can't. The, the humans in Mass Effect are terrible. They're like awful. everyone that your companions that are people are terrible. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Like the bet, the best one. Liar is amazing. Rex is amazing. Tally is amazing. Uh, uh, like the, the, and then when you move on in, in a Mass Effect two and three, like I never use any human companions no. ever no. ever for any reason they're just so bland unless i'm trying to get achievements they're not getting used but uh but yeah i i really enjoyed it i had a good time with it but um but i i i'm probably i'm gonna try to romance somebody else i mean i might try to romance jack this time i don't know i'm gonna try not to romance tally in mass effect 2 again but i can't see myself <laughs> I'm going to accidentally waltz into it because just every, every (laughs) moment with her is so good. It's just like, I just want, I just want more with her because her storyline, like you said, throughout the three games is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, she's one of my favorite characters in any game, maybe any media. Like it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mass Effect. I'm very excited to dive back in. And my plan is to play like four hours a week. Like kind of like I like a new TV show episode, but it's four hours. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and do like, that oh, and just do idea. that over like six months of just slow burn this Mass Effect. I love it. I might yeah, be able my to manage a- that. My my ADHD and my uh, impulse issues won't allow me to do that. As soon as I <laughs> as soon as I heard that, it's like it's like who is it? You know, Shepard. He was left alive on a cruise. I'm like, no, I need all of it injected all into my veins immediately. I had <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stop until I beat it. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Joel, um, I mean, all I've all I've really played is a Terrible. little bit of Destiny Two, a little bit. Little I just bit. I just got into my season of the Splicer. Just I did the intro mission, and then I've started like I've just started playing a little bit. Like I haven't oh. played much, but um, it the season looks really good. The armor, the weapons looks good. I enjoyed Season of the Chosen so much. Um, mm-hmm. all this stuff from there uh i i think they've done such a good job like so i when i i played so much of destiny one and i thought destiny two started off really shitty and i quit playing it for so long and i came back right when destiny of the chosen started i I played beyond light when it launched and i thought i was like okay this is cool stasis is fine but i'm kind of bored playing it already and i just wasn't in like the right mood to play 
so i just didn't play much and mm-hmm. i was playing it on console which like i also didn't feel like sitting there on my couch playing it got my new pc and then one of the first things i did was buy um the legendary edition on pc to play with like my cousin and my friend and we that was right when season of the chosen came out so i bought it all together and then really dove in and fell right back in love with destiny now i'm not like hardcore into it like i was way back destiny one but i've been playing it casually you know mainly multiplayer gambit a lot of gambit and then started really looking at like the weekly quests and trying to figure out what to do there and looking at the seasonal items and challenges and stuff and they they just put so much in this game and it's all fun there's just they've done such a good job everyone's like you know you look at like twitter and stuff everyone's complaining about stasis and crying about something it's like yeah there's always gonna be people complain about that but if i've been playing it casually and i just love it i just think there's there's always something to do in the game and it's such a good shooter it's such a good shooter yeah it's the best shooting experience that has ever been created yeah no no game has had the shooting mechanics that destiny has had bungie has created just an an incredible thing and this uh, so i i that's the other thing i played this week was was destiny i finished all all of the weekly challenges got them all done um this season is absolutely incredible so far I haven't looked at all the leaks. A lot of stuff was leaked this week, and mm. I, I somebody spoiled one leak for me, and I'm so mad about it, but it's going to be so cool. All I'll say is it's to celebrate Bungie, uh, the 30 years of Bungie, and it's a little bit of a crossover from one IP to this IP. That's all I'm going to say. That'd be cool. But the Destiny, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, with uh, Season of the Chosen was incredible. The Presage mission was so great everything about the glycon all the glycon lore and and collectibles was so good so well done destiny might be in the best place it's ever been in and that's so hard for me to say because i think Mm. the best the best moment of destiny of the destiny universe was the taken king expansion in destiny one yeah yeah like they they did such a great job with with the the raid with all of that content there was so much to do but I think this is the best place Destiny's ever been in. And and it's for one well, I guess there there's multiple reasons, but for one huge reason, they're getting so incredible with their storytelling. Like the season of the chosen, the way they told that story with like Keitel and 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 the and trying to like partner and team up with Keitel and winning her respect and then exploring the Glycon and going through all those things like the lore that they're creating around this game is far far beyond anything that any other gas game could do right Mm -hmm. like there are sometimes when i play destiny i forget that it's a gas game but it is but what they the universe that they've created is so wildly intricate and they've set they set this game up to be it really is a, a a set your own goals type of game it you can be a hardcore player and have enough content to do and and come in each week, get all your challenges done, and then and then play something else for a couple of days, right? Or you can be the casual player that just wants to come in, you get some weeklies done, do some crucible, have some fun, get the new exotic that's out, get the new get some season, pieces of seasonal gear. They've really l- let it become like a, a a play at your own pace and set your own goals type of game. But the story that they're telling with this season of the season of the splicer, the the way they've they've just started to fine tune their activities like the new override mission is so cool the yeah. way you up the way you upgrade um 
the fact that they have the artifacts plus they have like the splicer gauntlet plus they have the way you can you can upgrade the abilities that you get within the override mission is so great the aesthetic of it i'm, I'm a huge uh synthwave outrun guy anyway it's so pretty the, cool the, like the 80s like synthwave yeah. feel is so great some of the weapons i i got a sidearm i can't remember the name of it but i got one of the new seasonal sidearms might be the best gun i've one of the best guns i've ever used in the game period and they constantly keep killing it with gear and guns like some of the new exotic legs that came good. out for each of the classes they they the synergy they synergize so well with some of the abilities that are used and all i keep getting told by by the guys who have read the leaks and they they know what's going to happen is that this season is going to be more insane and more intense than any we've gotten from destiny and that's because this week by week storytelling and the way i know people don't like time gating like there are a lot of people that complain about time gating and i know a lot of people have problems with the trans the new transmog system that they just introduced i do too i think there are some issues with the way they're handling the transmog system and but the the way Destiny is handling their time gating and this weekly release of content and surprising people with missions, surprising people with weapons is just it's such a nice slow trickle of stuff. And and unless you're playing like 30 hours a week, there's more than enough content to keep you busy for an entire week until the new until Tuesday reset and then they force feed you some more beautiful beautiful storylines. Yeah. And the coolest thing right now is walking through the tower or through Helm and just seeing Elixir all over the place. Like you got fallen, like little baby fallen, or like they're yeah. talking with people. I want to get one of those plushies. Right. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. But it's, it's, they're, it's, I think it's in the best place it's ever been. And I think it's a really, really healthy game. There are definitely some vehicles that I think are a little predatory with the way they've developed them. But at the end of the day, it, it's still a gas game. So we have to expect things like the new transmog system, you know, yeah. the, the Eververse is never going to go away. It's always going to be there. And I, I look, I, I'll buy some silver sometime and I'll support the game because I love it. And I want them to keep pumping out the great content. You know, I'm not a whale, but I'll, I'll still support it. Um, and so I'm fine with those things. It, it, but as long as they keep giving us the content that they are giving us, then I'm, 100% on board with whatever they want to do. And and I think this team whenever they, you know, sunsetting was a big deal. This is this is probably my favorite thing about Bungie right now. Anytime they make a step that the community thrashes them for, they almost always double back and say, "Okay, look, we tried it. We've screwed up." And a lot of people will say, "Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have done it in the first place." Yeah, you're right. You did screw up. But to me, I love seeing that because it's a developer learning from mistakes and saying, "Look, we wanted to try something." You can't yeah. You can't test the edge and the boundaries of, of development if you don't do some things wrong. You have to make mistakes. And Bungie has made those mistakes. They've made mistakes time and time again. But anytime they've made mistakes big enough, they've doubled back and they've said, okay, we're going we're gonna to undo this. We're really, really sorry. We thought this was going to work better. It was a bad implementation. Now we're going to make this a better thing. And and it's, it's, it's so refreshing to see because then that lets them create things like the Glycon. It lets them create storylines like The Chosen. It lets them take go into a season like this with the season of The Splicer and really test the edge and the boundaries of what they can do with the game. And it's only going to continue getting better. And I like I had the general public is, you know, I had a, I had a buddy be like, oh, my God, you still play Destiny? Like, that's still a thing. I'm like, yeah, it's it's literally in the best place I think it's ever been in. Yeah. And, yeah. They're and testing, I think uh, they're testing uh, cross play right now. 
Yeah, they accidentally released crossplay this yeah. last week. Yeah, it went away. A big old oopsie. But I think cross crossplay is supposed to release next season. I think yeah, it is in August when be, next season comes out. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be next season is is the the goal. But uh, I I do want to ask you one thing. So before you played on PC, you played on PS4, correct? Yeah, I mainly, I, know that the... I mainly played PS4, and then I downloaded, when Beyond Light came out, I downloaded everything on Xbox and okay. played for a little bit, and then I jumped over to PC. Now, how do you feel playing the game on PC versus versus the consoles? So, I mean, it it feels great. Like, it it's a night and day difference graphically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the game's beautiful. Uh, skill, skill-wise, I feel like, I feel like I'm... So <laughs> I feel like I'm learning the game again. I oh, mean, really? I'm getting my ass kicked in Crucible left and oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. it's the skill, the skill levels. People on PC are insane. So what I so do on good. Crucible, I, because I because I like I got really really deep in Crucible whenever I was playing on Xbox originally. The PC experience in general is just far superior. I I, yeah. I it's I when I when I go and play on my Xbox now or if I'm playing on my phone, I'm just I sometimes I want to puke because the just the level of poop uh, comparatively to PC is just so vast. But what I do in Crucible specifically is I'll leave a controller plugged in on my PC. So when I bust out in Crucible, if it's not going my way because I'm still I'm still struggling to learn, you know, to relearn mouse and keyboard now, I'll be like, all right, all right, you bastards are going to go down to an Xbox controller right now. I need y'all. And then at the end of matches, whenever I drop, I'll drop like 20 or 30. I'll be like, I'll, I'll be like, FYI, controller player here. And it's me me and my buddy Stefan both do Crucible with controllers and we just thrash people. So that's why I leave I leave my trusty old Xbox controller plugged in just for those Crucible and Gambit uh, situations. Although with Gambit, it's not too bad. I just equip Xenophage. Yeah, Gambit, I just equip Xenophage and just two-tap people with Xenophage. Anytime they try to invade or whenever I invade them, but man, I, yeah, season of the splicer. I'm excited for you to dive into it even more because I think this is going to be, I think this might be the, the best, the best three months we've ever experienced in destiny and vault of glass is back too, which I mean, I've done yeah, it a bajillion times. Raid. I'm excited. To, yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to do it a bajillion and one times now, but yeah, yeah it's going to be cool. Yeah. I think, um, cause I have a, I'll have my controller plugged in every now and then to try it. Like if I'm having a really bad crucible night, I'll like, try it and then i'm like no i think i'm like in between skill level now because i've gotten better with mouse and keyboard that when i go back to controller it just feels so odd yeah and same thing like with playing apex legends like with apex i've gotten a <laughs> lot better on on mouse and keyboard that when i go back to controller it just feels too weird. feels slow it feels it too feels slow and slow. it's restricting mm-hmm. so i think uh i'm i'm graduating to that level now so I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to play more. I'm just finally hoping to have some time this week to finally play some more. And then other than that, the only other things I really ever play is like League of Legends Wild Rift on my phone. Oh, Wild Rift is so fun, man. It's I'm so not, good. I suck at it. I'm terrible. I get, I get destroyed, but I still have fun with it. I, I like uh, experimenting with, uh, with the characters on there that I wouldn't play on yeah. PC, <laughs> like Blitzcrank. Yeah. Which is fun because he just shoots out his arm and grabs people to pull him in. And so I'm just like, all right, who wants a kill? And I go and like, I shoot the arm out and grab, you know, the other team's champion. And then whoever's with me, because I'm usually duoing with other people, will just start beating the shit out of whoever I grabbed. And it's just like, <laughs> boom, easy kills. <laughs> I do that with I do that with TFT because my Riot account on my phone is different than my normal TFT account. So I'll play TFT on my phone to just test out a bunch oh, yeah. of different like combos and a bunch of different metas and then figure out what I like. <laughs> I miss and then, like, TFT. I, 
Uh, dude, I accidentally went diamond uh, a, uh, like a few seasons ago. I accidentally went got like well into the diamond just oh, nice. just testing random metas out on my on my phone account. What was funny is my I I played my phone account so much that I got up there and on my main one I I've only ever made it to gold. <laughs> oh dang! Because I just I play and then I stop and then I don't I just don't keep like TFT is one of those weird games where it's like I play it I'll go on a weird TFT binge for like a week or two. And then I don't play it for like three months. It's in, I'm oh, in yeah. such a weird place. With it. And by by then there's like a completely yeah. different set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the new set looks really good with like the mm-hmm. evil items and stuff. It's the game. The game looks crazy now. I don't think mm-hmm. I could jump in at this point. <laughs> I'm going to have to wait. Cool. Uh, any other games you guys want to talk about? I, I still have games. So there's okay. one, we'll, we'll do one thing because we talked about Returnal and because I got it yesterday. Okay. Yeah, and I played seven hours of it. Jesus. Now, I only got the game yesterday. Let me remind you. That's a lot of hours. And also, that was between two play sessions. So, game's real good. Game's oh, you like really it? Really wow. fun. Right. I'm liking it so much. Everyone talking about uh, Hades and kind of like the, oh, just one more run. Just more one more mm-hmm. run. With Hades, for me, it was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it again. It wasn't... It didn't really... I didn't feel that incentive. It was more like, okay, I'll do it again. Whatever. But this game, I really, like, no, I want to I do this again. I want to shoot more things again. I think the base combat, even with, even with the starting pistol weapon, is so much fun. And it's so visually stimulating the entire time with just the orbs flying at you or explosions happening in it is this weird third person um like bullet hell nonsense i i i've loved it so far um i got to the second biome uh, i'll do my my humble brag of i beat the first boss in my first attempt barely nice. there you go um and then i just <laughs> have not gotten much further but man it is that running around fast fluid dodge dash gameplay that very much feels like housemark right um because it is it, it's that mixed with a third person shooter that feels so much i am a big third person shooter fan that is why i liked uh, outriders uh, a fair amount mm-hmm. um, i just like that setup this this game reminds me of control if control had better combat like the the combat in Returnal, <laughs> if that was the combat in Control, it'd be the best game ever made. Wow. Like it's just so much fun constantly to take out these enemies, to see new enemy types and figure like, okay, how do I how do I do this? Or what's this bonus effect, the alt fire for this weapon? Oh, it fires this weird laser. Oh, okay, I got I you know, seven hours almost. I got to this certain point and there was a new weapon in this treasure chest I never seen before. It's this kind of like machine gun that sort of homes a little bit into enemies but oh i didn't expect a new weapon i didn't expect all these new enemies that this the way the world um reconstructs itself each time is done in a way where i like oh i've been in this room but it doesn't feel like with the 2d roguelikes and, and hades and dead cells or what especially dead cells egregiously bad i i think with its level design or level design with the procedural where it's just a bunch of spaghetti they toss on a screen. Um, this this game, the t- it doesn't feel like a tile set. Like it is. The rooms are all 
you know, in different orders and different layouts and yeah. the exits over here this time, whatever. But it's not like Hades where it just feels like a, a weird rectangle and now this rectangle has an exit over here instead of over there. It's so much more intricate intricate than uh, than in a 2D environment. <laughs> and that, that 3D space with the third person shooting, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's got this very simple, like, loot. There's a lot of loot going on with it, too, where, like, oh, do I pick this up? Or maybe I'll get some uh, malfunctions with this, or maybe I won't. And that you can clear mal- malfunctions by doing different tasks, and then it and then it's just a positive thing, you know, at that point. There's so much risk-reward with it, but it doesn't have that roguelike feel of you could just die at any moment. Hmm. Um, you can if you just stand still and, and don't do anything, but I, I feel like so often in Dead Cells specifically, I would get hit by something and fall into a pit and just die and it's over. And like, that sucks. Or even Hades, that can kind of happen where you just get, you just get steamrolled in a certain room. And and that really only happens in Returnal. If you go into one of like the challenge rooms that are crazy town and everything's running everywhere. And you're like, I can't do this because my cooldown is affected by that thing. And I shouldn't have picked that weapon or, or whatever. It's, it's so much fun to, to go through that game. I, I've, I don't know if I'll beat Returnal because um, it is pretty difficult and the runs are long and I do think it needs a save in between. Like the big problem with it only saving when you die is that if you, like let's say you beat a boss mm-hmm. and then you'll get a key after beating the boss and that key opens up the portal to the next world and you'll keep that key. So every run past that, you can open up the portal to the second biome instantly. You don't have to do everything again. I don't even know if the first boss spawns. I've never seen him again. Because I just go to the... I find the portal, I go to the portal. But if I fought the first boss, got the key, and then my console crashed for whatever reason, and it didn't save, I wouldn't have that key. See what I'm saying here? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a big potential problem with the way the game doesn't save. Aren't they, uh, your work, progress. aren't they working on that fix? That... I think they're working on it, but like literally all you need to save is the permanent upgrades. Like if you get a permanent upgrade, just mm. upgrade, just put that on my account. That's what needs to be saved. Yeah. I don't care. I don't need to be able to restart a run. I, I, I don't care about that. I want to make sure any audio logs I got, any artifacts I found, that needs to be saved. That progress needs to be saved. Nothing else needs to be saved. That's it. I don't care. I don't need to start a run over. The runs are long, but they're so much fun. Uh, I, I mean, I did the daily. There's like a daily run. I mean, that's not, a, that's not a new feature. And it gave me this like super powerful gun, but then a bunch of stipulations like you can't do this and you can't do this. And it was so much fun. I got the multiplier up like 30 times. I got, nice. I was, I think, 160 on the leaderboard. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now, granted, 2,000 people did it, so maybe not, not a lot of people play in this game, yeah. but pretty good. Really, I, I've, I mean, I stayed up late last night playing this game. I want to play it now. I'm going to immediately be playing it now for the rest of today. <laughs> like, oh, I, I should specify. I work nights, so my day started at the, at the show, beginning of the show. I'm not that crazy. Um, I, I really, I, I don't know. Like I said, don't know if I'll beat it. I don't know how much I'll like it in a week yeah. if it will get repetitive and, and whatever, but I'm very impressed by it. I love the alien, obviously alien-inspired art style yeah. and just general uh, direction of the entire thing. It is so cool. 
uh i yeah, I don't think I could have been more wrong potentially about Returnal than than because I wasn't like negative on it, but I was just really like, eh, I don't know. Well, you just haven't I, you like their games less and less, right? Housemark games. Yeah, I don't really like the last Housemark one you liked game. was like Super Stardust. Yeah, I don't really like Housemark games more than an hour or or whatever. You know, like oh, this is a cool little arcade thing. All right, I'm out. This feels like the perfect thing for them. Like just yeah. make roguelikes because they're big. It's basically what you've already been doing since the arcade game, you know, starts over each time you do it. Yeah. It's it's really cool. There's there are some things like the UI is confusing for no reason. Um or there'll be things like different uh, object objectives that are not objectives. Um there's just things that it doesn't tell you and I'm like what am I unlocking? What exactly? It's like, "Oh, you unlocked the hardened skill for this weapon class." I'm like is that permanent on every single time I get a pistol or how does that work? Or is that a skill that I unlocked now that can happen again? Like, I don't know exactly what's unlocking or how that's happening. Doesn't really matter. Having a ton of fun shooting aliens. Um, I think the art direction goes a long way of having these long tendril monsters that explode in like cube bits everywhere. It just has such a, a fun aesthetic. I, I, yeah, I really like the game a lot. I need to sell whatever I need to sell to get a PS5 so I can play it. <laughs> it just, whenever I watch people play it, it looks like insane Risk of Rain. Like, it just looks like somebody took Risk of, like, the style of oh, Risk, Risk of, of Rain. And, yeah, and, and just, like, huh. but, hey, yeah, would you like, like that, that game with, like, some insane graphics, with new next-gen graphics? That's what it feels like to me because it is it is that fast-paced, uh, roguelike shooting stuff and, and, and like obviously way more in depth but god I want to play this game so bad I'm Ben I'm coming over I don't care how long it takes me I'm coming I'm going to play the game I need you to get it ready for me well, I got, I I got it, it on so Gamefly bad. so it's going to have to go back at some point oh no oh, dang it <laughs> I mean that's I, the beauty of Gamefly I really like the like majority of Housemarque's games that I've played I, I'm currently like I, I'm playing Matterfall which is their last PS4 game I've I really loved Next Machina, which I beat, which was, it's on PC and PS4. Uh, Alienation was, it was good. It, I wouldn't say it was great, but um, it's kind of like Dead Nation, if you've ever played De- Dead Nation. Um, and then Resogun, which is one of my favorite games. Um, they To me, they've, they've always made good games. It's just, uh, this one is one that I've, like, one of the reasons why I want a PlayStation 5 is because of Returnal. Yeah. The aesthetic... The, the triple, like calling it a triple A roguelike is 100% correct. And it, that triple A kind of polish around it all, just, just visually, I think goes a long way for me. Cause I love, I love Metroid, like Super Metroid. I love Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, like those games. But if you're not going to ape that perfect pixel style and have bespoke levels, I'm kind of out. Like I want that handcrafted care and but on the alternative side, like making it in 3D and looking beautiful, I don't necessarily mind that it's random. Like, oh, I've seen this room before. Whatever. It looks so cool. I mm-hmm. love being here. It's not like, oh, that. why is that room there? This is just a door to nowhere. That's stupid. Like I mentioned, the Dead Cells spaghetti levels. They're just, it just throw a bunch of spaghetti on a plate and that's <laughs> a level in Dead Cells and it fucking infuriates me. I hate it so much. That game's not that great. It's also not pixel art. All those models, those are 3D models done through a filter. Look it up. Look it up. Okay, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> look it up. Look it up, man. 
Yeah, it's a great game. I'm excited. I'm not a big uh, roguelike fan, so we'll. That's why I can say like we'll see how much I yeah. I keep playing. That that loop is fun. It's it's just a lot of fun to do. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm all out of games. I'm I'm out. I'm actually not out, but I'll stop. All right. <laughs> I'm out. I've only played the two. I've only played the two this week. The only two that matter. Destiny. Just let me be a space person, a space yeah, guardian man. ninja of death. That's all I want to be for the next month. Space is great. Yeah. <laughs> UFOs are real, apparently. UFOs are real. I mean, yeah, they are. They're just unidentified flying objects. That's all yeah. UFOs are. <laughs> of course, they're real. Right. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good spot to end it. We're out of games. And, yeah. uh,. That's what this show's about. So, uh, again, Josh, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at twitch.tv backslash toothpeat, or you can find me on uh, Twitter at Josh Beard Radio on Twitter. Uh, and also, I do a podcast called The 1v1 Podcast uh, with my buddy Jake. We're old Air Force buddies. So if you love supporting veterans and you love video games, check out that podcast and listen to us. We we try not to, We started it because we argued about everything, and then we started the podcast. And we were like, we really don't argue about games very much. We're, we, <laughs> we pretty much agree on a lot of stuff, so it's not very 1v1-y. But, but yeah, uh, you, you can find me on all of those things. Thank you for your service, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you. Also, thank you. I got a little visitor. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, no. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm mad. I just had it on my thing. Keep it in George your pants, Ben. George jealous. He's just jealous that he's not a Tally fan. That's the problem. What's funny is I, I also romance Tally every time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Mind you, I also did try to romance a reporter and Miranda, but that's, that's just because okay. my shepherd's a horn dog. <laughs> You're a reporter. Uh, she was into you, though. That's, to be fair, thank you. Thank y'all so much for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Thank we got to do this again. This is really fun. Absolutely. And uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at the Joel. This you can find Ben at Ben Runnings. You can find us here, Twitch.tv slash Load Less Checkpoint Sundays, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can also find the podcast Final Boss Squad on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple, Google Podcast <laughs> Services. Uh, this one's out Thursday mornings, of course. Uh, so you'll find it on the Final Checkpoint uh, podcast feed. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week here on Twitch. Thanks again. Good night. Goodbye. Good on you. Go good, good play some you. Mass Effect. Play some games. Play some games for me in case I don't get enough time to play them. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. I'm trying to make it stand. I can't get it to stand now. <laughs> <laughs>